is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Peter Thiel has a lot of money. Eric Prince has a lot of money, but Eric Prince might have more know-how in the field, might know how to get things done more, although some will question how well he does them. But Peter Thiel certainly as well, he's got a lot of money and a lot of access to data and a lot of access to the Silicon Valley and how everything works over there. And that is why you know, ultimately we landed up with a with something called MAGA3X. Now, this is described by at least some people as, this is one way to describe it, as a, a digital pro-Trump organization. Uh, they set up a network of pro-Trump internet influences, including Jack Pozobiak, who's pretty much reputed to be a, a Russian asset, and, <clears throat> and the guy named Baked Alaska. And a Nazi. First name. And a Nazi, yes, and And Gionet uh, over there, who's Baked Alaska, who was, mm -hmm. was arrested, I think, at, uh, at the Capitol riot. So yeah, Mega 3, yeah, and Mega3X is not, we don't know that it's funded by Peter Thiel. We think it's funded by Peter Thiel, or do we know it's funded by Peter Thiel? You never know with Theo except when he wants you to. Right. But it was a PAC. It was a political action committee. So it could get its money from whoever, however. Right. Right. But but the thing is, like all of the people that are in that were in MAGA three X are associated in various ways with Peter Thiel. Chuck and Johnson, Big Alaska, Jack Ostobiak, Mike Cernovich. Yeah. Literally all of those guys are known collaborators with Peter Thiels. Several of them started Clearview, which is another like, terrifying monster that, mm. that does all the facial recognition for half the law enforcement agencies, started by a bunch of white supremacists and funded by Peter Thiel. Wow. He, so Peter Thiel has set up a, a technological infrastructure for collecting data and targeting people. That's literally what Palantir is. So but this is this happens this this is happening outside of Palantir, right? So this these yeah. mega three X influences okay. are, are are separate from Palantir, but he happens to be the same guy who is running Palantir, which means he has That's access right. to minute detail about every single individual in That's America right. or the world, and he's got now an ability to mindfuck them, as you point out. This word that they use, so it's he's probably amongst the you know. He's a power tripper right now. He seems like he's having, you know, I, I've met him and it certainly is the kind of person who you think would be getting off on this, who would be in a, who'd be really enjoying all this power who's amassing. And, uh, and it, it wouldn't occur to him that he's doing any damage. He certainly wouldn't think it would do, be doing any damage. I think my opinion mm. is that, so all of the people that are at the top of this are apocalyptic ideologues of some kind or another. Right. They have an ideology that, causes them to want specifically america in some cases the entire world to burn right you have dominionists like like flynn and prince who genuinely believe that the reason they're pro-israel is because they genuinely believe that they have to occupy israel for jesus to come and pick them up mm -hmm. and leaving the jews behind right that's how pernicious that that whole pro israel thing is right yeah that these none of it is real and so theo himself is has set up all of his businesses to make money from chaos and trauma and horror right palantir becomes far more valuable the more death and destruction there are 
in the right. world, right? Absolutely. Clear, clear view. The more people that they need to arrest, the more valuable clear view is. Um, but I'm not, I mean, it could uh, be that he's motivated entirely is, by money, but I mean, he's got tons of it. So at some point, maybe you, you have enough. I don't know. Maybe you don't. If you're that kind of person, there's an element to this guy that makes you feel like he's, his desire to be invincible and better than everybody else is, is quite noticeable in everything he does, including the fact that he he's trying to, he has a whole institute to make his life longer. I guess it's a longevity institute. He has these weird gels that he takes on a daily basis in order to elongate his life. He's got reputedly, he was one of those people who drank the blood of young people. Infused it. Infused the blood, yeah. I mean, this is not a, your typical He's got, rational whole, human he's got being. a whole company. Mm. Yeah, he's got a whole company that does that. They, they, it's worth a billion dollars. That's one of our sponsors now. tonight. And, uh, company. <laughs> not one of our sponsors. <laughs> but this is amazing. This chart you have here is amazing because you've pulled together a really comprehensive look at how everybody on the left there, Flynn, Prince, Stone, Thiel, Bannett, was involved in each one of these incredible operations. Now, some of our viewers will know about Gamergate and will know about the WikiLeaks operation, and you'll know about Pizzagate, but you might not know about some of these other ones. But this is a chart which shows you that everybody on the left-hand side was involved in each of these things and what year that they were involved in. So tell us as much as you can about this chart. It's really fascinating. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out what is the constellation of ops look like because what they do is they set up different groups to specifically war with each other that's the idea so gamergate wasn't originally a right-wing thing at all it was a sort of woke pushback sjw thing that plenty of leftists got involved with as well and gradually over time it got more and more radicalized and the right wing basically jumped in and added their doc their doctrine to it and from sort of mid-2014 to the end of 2015, the alt-right was born directly from Gamergate. Directly? Uh, so, so, so from, yeah. It, it, uh, Milo and Bannon picked up on the radicalization from that was happening on HN on Gamergate and specifically uh, set out to amplify and weaponize it. They, I mean, they both said it contemporaneous and... Uh, I'm just noticing, by the way, our, our feed might be buffering, but now it's getting an alert on that, that sometimes happens at unusual times. But here we are discussing Gamergate <laughs> and, and all these other things. So, so it's, most people are going to think you're out to lunch. How could it possibly be that all of the alt-right and the entire sort of MAGA movement was spawned out of a gamer plague? It didn't just come from a game, but it came from a whole movement to try and... and, and indoctrinate minds that came through gaming. It was weaponized misogyny in this. So they use misogyny as the driver, as the hate uh, against women and woke and whatever to, if you can get people into a echo chamber and pick a target and you can rile people up in very cult-like ways really quickly. And that's what happened in Gamergate. Uh, mm -hmm. h became largely a cult. Gamergate was a bunch of really angry people getting fed disinformation and in this case going out and acting on it i mean there right. was swatting there was violence and people's lives got destroyed many lives were destroyed and that's and, a theme you know it, throughout it all just of these came out of yeah the alt right just glided right out of it right out of bright park 
Yeah. So these all these operations affect the people's lives. I mean, we think of them as just sort of they these do. quirky things that happened on the far right, but they, there were, many of them involved people dying. Many of them involved uh, reputations being lost. Many of them has continued to this day, and it's. And they're very, they target the weak. I'm not to say the weak because it's not really fair, but they target people who are vulnerable in society, whether That's it's right. people who, who go to churches or for, for need of whatever life situation they might be in, or, or just people who aren't feeling like they're getting the most out of life, people with mental disease or stuff like that. So you're, you're targeting a vulnerable group of people, and then you're pushing them or pulling them into a situation that is going to make them even more susceptible to being vulnerable and hurt, which could include physical hurt and death. That's, it's a, it's, unbelievably evil it's it's the it is. quintessential quintessentially evil i mean you couldn't think of anything more dangerous than what these people are doing and that they're allowed to continue to do it is stunning how so in terms of targeting people right um what happened after up through the 2016 election we know that cambridge analytica was targeting people right mm -hmm. They were the ones who were finding those vulnerabilities and finding the ways to attack them. But they largely disappeared in 2017 at the same time that Peter Thiel became Trump's technology advisor during the transition. Right. And Trump's CTO was Peter Thiel's chief of staff. Right. I remember that. Was it so, the chief of staff or was it the chief? I think he had a different position, but it maybe. Was, well, it was Peter Thiel's chief of Chief of yes, staff, Peter Thiel, he was the director of technology in the Trump, yes, uh, he was the Trump CTO White House. of yeah. the White House. Right. Uh, the chief technology officer in the White House. Right. Peter Thiel's guy. And right. so why would you need Cambridge Analytica? Hey, Palantir is in every single government computer already. Right. It's in the CIA and the FBI and the DHS and DOJ and all of them. They all use it. There's no reason to take, get an outside firm when you have the entire government to to use uh, basically your will. And they had no boundaries about that. And I remember Michael Flynn was also an advisor to Palantir, I think, at one point. So they had the national security to advisor at Cambridge. the early stages. Yeah, to Cambridge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think to Palantir as well, actually. Was I, it? I, yeah, I think so. But I mean, it's, I'd have to go back and double Palantir check that in the, in the and, reporting. And Cambridge were recently, it was, uh, was revealed that they had been working together. Of course, they were in early 2017 late. Uh, yeah, none of that is really surprising. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you'd expect. I do want to get to that document, and we're going to do that in a minute. Sure. I'm going to do one one quick commercial before we do that. It's almost 10 to 8. I can't believe how long we've been talking and how interesting it's been. <laughs> I can't believe the timing has passed so so quickly. So uh, we might have to have you back to complete all this conversation. But in the no meantime, problem. so if you're a bacon person or a steak person, do you have a, do you have a preference between bacon and steak? I don't mean to put you on the spot. Uh, I, I, I love both. I can eat okay. a pound of bacon or two pounds of steak. So, you know. Okay. There you go. In this case, you might moink box for two reasons because you can get bacon and steak there, okay. or bacon or steak there. And moink box, as you may know, delivers grass fed and grass finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door, helping family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture. And this is why I love this product, is because they are working to change the economy um, of big agriculture, which I think is so important. Their animals are raised outdoors, their fish swim wild in the ocean, and moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormones hormones, sugar, and all the other junk you 
find prepackaged in the meat aisle. Sign up at moinkbox.com slash narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V, to get a year of bacon for free. Wow, a year of bacon for free. I don't know how much that is. And then pick uh, what meats <laughs> you want delivered with your first box. Change what you get each month and cancel anytime. So my personal recommendation is I don't know because I haven't t- tasted the box yet, but I know that Greg Oliar is going to try it out for us and we'll see what he thinks about it this Friday. Moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. I think this was a great episode. And host Kevin O'Leary said it was the best bacon he'd ever tasted. So there's an endorsement. And I might agree if I one day get to taste it. So Jamie Smirnoff is the creator of Ring Video Doorbell. He also invested in Moink. You've got two, Moink, sorry, you've got two great investors there. And they'll guarantee you'll say, I have to say this line, Moink, I'm just so happy I got Moinked. <laughs> they make you do this. So join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V right now. And listeners to the show, viewers to the show, get a free bacon for a year. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. Spelled Moink, M-O-I-N-K, box.com slash narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V. That's moinkbox.com slash narrative. That's it. That's a, that's the advertising for today. So thank, thanks to both of those sponsors, Helix and Moink. Please sponsor, um, support them because they help make this programming happen. I don't think we could afford to do this at all without those sponsors out there. So we thank them and we hope you'll support them. Back to what we were talking about, which is fascinating, is Eric Prince and Peter Thiel's sort of gamification of our minds into the political universe. Sorry, one second. I'm just going to do a little clicking. Just this one. Here we go. So it's starting in 2016 and beyond. And then along comes this, well, let me, let's introduce everyone to this dude who is the, he is very close to Peter Thiel. He runs MAGA3X, one of the key operators of MAGA3X. Maybe, I don't know how you say his name, Jeff Geis? Jeff Gisea. Gisea, okay. okay. Yeah. Now, he, what is he to Peter Thiel? An employee. Okay. I mean, he's, he's theoretically a independent venture capitalist, but basically it appears that he largely just follows Peter Thiel around and makes a lot of memes and does a lot of white supremacist stuff. Yeah, he claims to be freedom's uh, secret very, weapon. Very racist. <laughs> Which is quite a thing to, um, to declare yourself. Well, he, he wrote a 16-page document on memetic warfare, the warfare with memes, like mm-hmm. Pepe, for NATO. Right, for so he's NATO an expert. Conference. He is absolutely an expert. He's a brilliant guy, just evil, like all the rest of them. And he, he and Peter Thiel are, I've been partnered up for, for a long time. And Gisea was the one who Cernovich were really heads of Mega3X. And to, at the inauguration, there was a event called the Deplorable name. <laughs> Take pride in our revolution. I guess it was targeted at the gay community as well. There, was, there was a lot of, I guess. yeah, I think there was a lot of gay people. Maybe I'm wrong. No, yeah. no, they, it, yes, but they were open. They were trying. This was an interesting thing because they were trying to take this literally militarized psyops machine and turn it into some sort of inclusive party. Right. And the way they did that was they they got rid of Richard Spencer from Mac3x who's right. a literal nazi literal like absolutely total nazi like literal nazi and a couple of other guys to try and and make it seem like instead of nazis they were just hardcore trump people and they were just trying to have a good time in the meantime the what's really happening is that this is a money raising event so that they can fund all these trolls that are going out into the internet to harass and buy out people. So 
I get that they want to have a party for their for their digital soldiers, and they pull together all their influences in a, at an inauguration night party because they'd succeeded in winning. I have such a hard time, as I do with everything Trump, but with a bunch of gay dudes showing up at an at a at a at a movement fully embracing Nazis because it doesn't make yeah. any sense and it's disgusting. And beyond that, I just. Yeah, I can't imagine the level of self-loathing I have to do that. Uh, and yet here we are with yeah. Peter Thiel, and I'm not sure if Jeff is, or not sure if he's sexuality, but whatever. And certainly there's a lot of other people in this movement Milo. that were, Milo is another Milo, one, yeah. Who, yeah. who now claims to be great. Yes, he's gone back into the closet or come out as straight, whatever it is you do. Look, each to their own, but I just find it stunning that you can forget the, the events of the Holocaust. You can forget that so many people just like you were taken down by uh, a movement just like this, and then you're participating yeah. in it. It's, I, yeah. yeah, I think part of the, the big picture for me is that we have to make sociopathy not such a benefit. Right. Not such a helpful thing. Like we, we have a system now where the sociopaths and psychopaths rise to the top because they don't have any rules and they don't right. give a shit. Right. And because our, our democracy is still largely run on powdered wigs and collegiality, right? Right, right. Sorry, guys, we're past that. We, you know, there's no norms anymore. Fuck right. the norms and find the statutes that these people committed and arrest them. Otherwise, we're going going to have some version of unrest hopefully worse you know, worse i mean we could have a version of nazi germany yeah i mean we're in a very right. yeah, difficult state and i agree it's with pressure. you totally i don't think we can Extremely keep like pressure. the old the old order is not equipped to dealing with this and um, we're stuck with the rules we have so let's find the rules that make sense but we cannot allow or even allow ourselves a minute to think that we can pacify these people they're not being pacified they didn't care they know what they're doing they're just you know in it for themselves and will continue to do so until they get as much power and wealth as they can and they That's don't right. care about the destruction of america they don't care how many people die we saw that in coronavirus their goals are very different their money power and and maybe the goals of other nation states but certainly not america so you're we can't like you know, you've got to think of these guys as invading armies pointing weapons at you and shooting all your friends and family because that's really what they're doing even though that's not happening in psychologically yeah. it is yeah yeah exactly uh, the, the the friends and family of people who've been sucked into this cult in i mean i hesitate to say this but it's almost worse than them dying yeah. when they're dying there's some finality to it these exactly. are people that they love that are acting like other people it's right. literally like invasion of the body snatchers and they those people are don't think you're a person mm -hmm. your mom your sister your brother if you mm -hmm. don't believe what they believe they literally do not believe that you are human they believe you are a pedophile that's the code for dehumanizing and in, in QAnon, or at least a big swath of it so it's so really important they, for when, people when, to understand is that you know, these guys are coming at at your family members and they're um they're destroying their minds they're literally destroying their minds their connections to your to you and your family and we might think of it as a far away problem because maybe it's not in our states as much as it is in others but it is setting up a, a conflict which is as i said irreversible almost at this point like we're going to have to really have to have this fight up now because how do you have 
these two competing ideologies in the same country. You can't. Yeah. You can't have one espousing truth and, and one not. And you can't have, you can have this decay of democracy. So the, the more urgent we treat it now, the more severe steps we take now, the better off we're going to be in the long run. The longer we wait for those steps to, be, to, to take, we'll have to take them anyhow down the line. But the longer we wait, the worse it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, what kind of shock is it going to take? More than 10,000 like white supremacists literally invading our capital. Yeah. Like, yeah what, I think people register that as a shock. Is it going to take to, to, to not, and I'm not talking about their side, their side's a cult, mm-hmm. but our side to take this fucking seriously. Yeah. Right? Like we have to understand that that it, by definition, if we don't arrest them, it's a rehearsal by definition. We haven't stopped any of them from doing anything. So if, if and I don't, not just the people on the ground, not just a rehearsal. Yeah. Not just the, the army on the ground, not just the 400 or 500 people that we are putting through the, the justice system. If there is no attempt to actually indict Roger Stone, Michael Flynn, Alex Jones, Donald Trump, frankly, I don't know why there is not an investigation into Donald Trump for what he said on that day, then we're not taking this seriously enough. I don't want to get on a tangent here about uh, Ray, but I, uh, Chris Ray, the FBI director, I, I don't get a sense from him that he's taking this as seriously as he should. And I certainly don't get a sense from Mary Garland, who's the attorney general, that they're looking at domestic terrorism as something that is a fundamental and existential threat to America as we know it. I think they still think of it as some sort of a foreign thing that might be coming, that is on our shores, but is not necessarily a, an immediate threat to our yeah. existence. But uh, that is a tangent I'm not going to do. Well, the, it's not a tangent because the yeah. FBI director is the one that needs to be running this to be running it. Right. Here's the thing. Chris Ray was the FBI director when our capital was invaded. Mm-hmm. I told the entire internet as loudly as I could a week before that was going to happen. Yeah, we I just described I. it. Yeah. I described the process and the steps that we're going to take to get there. I showed Ron Watkins paying people to go. Like I showed the violence. I showed the memes that were gearing themselves up for it. We were out there screaming on the internet, this is going to happen. It's going to be violent. And everyone is so damn shocked, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Including Christopher Ray. The, the FBI is going to tell me, a rando on the internet, and my friends that that we're somehow magical creatures that could figure this out and the entire federal government couldn't that's horseshit and chris ray should be held accountable for that 100 percent. he should not be he should not be in his job i don't think so i think it's a really real risk to the republic at this point and i i hate to say that because boy do we need a working doj and working fbi but this is such an existential threat if he's the guy who's meant to be marshalling the army and his lack of candor in front of the house the other day is just so telling and he's he's sort of smug i'm not investigating the president trump for his speech on january the 6th and various other things that he's done along the way basically working for Donald Trump in, in the first place, him out in my book, I don't understand why right. he's there because he's invested, he's immediately conflicted because he works there's, for the there's guy. norms. Yeah. Because Joe, because our administration is trying to somehow go back to this idea where this, like, the 10-year FBI director thing, right? Where yeah. you go over multiple, like... I get that, I get a, that. But this is not a good that's one. A, that's very sweet. Yeah. But Jesus Christ. It's 2021 and our country was just attacked and yeah. is still under attack. Get the guy out who let that happen. 
Yeah. I don't give a shit what your norms are anymore. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's so important. And I don't think that the leadership right now in those two departments, in the FBI and in the DOJ, when obviously the FBI reports to the DOJ, are viewing this in with the same kind of urgency that most Americans are. I mean, I am convinced that most Americans feel this threat and are concerned about this threat and are hoping uh, to see real action taking place. And if it's just arresting 450 or 500 brainwashed people, that's not going to do it. That's not going to stop this. It might be, a, you know, it might stop others from trying to join or whatever. But in the long term, I think it's not going to change their the overall effectiveness of QAnon and on all these other brainwashing efforts. We have to get to the leadership of these things. We have to get to the money of these things. And it's all very well to sit down with Vladimir Putin and say, you know, we expect you not to meddle in our elections. But he's still meddling. He's still in here because a lot of these people are, and a lot of these activities are his activities. Boy, we are running out of time. We may even be out of time. But I want to touch on this document because we promised everyone we're going to do it. This is the document that we believe, or you at least believe, that Jeff Garcia wrote, right? I don't know who wrote it, mm-hmm. but the the best candidate is Jeff Garcia because mm-hmm. it talks a lot about Pepe's and memes and the stuff that he is especially fond of. And it's a, it's a, um, like a 16 page document or, or something like that. And in mm-hmm. it, he in it, the author is describing a social media campaign uh, really it's mostly a social media campaign about how they were going to use these social media soldiers these digital soldiers to exert an election when it didn't look like donald trump was going to have one this is towards the end of the election campaign in 2016 mm-hmm. there's maybe 35 yeah. or so days out they say in this document and it's incredibly chilling the the it's interesting in its uh, it, it, in the way it describes a lot of these these cells, or I, I call them cells because that's what it sounds like. But it uses military right. terms to describe these social media squads that go out and tackle different social media targets. And so maybe you can describe this in more detail. But the, the you know there's lieutenants and section leaders in the, yeah. each of these regions has their own has their own squads, and all led by these lieutenants and these sergeants and these corporal. I mean, you're talking about a social media campaign here. It's not an army, although in this case, it really is an army and they have no problem discussing it as election campaign warfare. This is how they view the strategy. The structure of this is not dissimilar from ISIS. What it is, it specifically talks about, and I don't know how much of these details ended up panning out or not, but what they did was the same thing that ISIS does, which is to put people in cells and cut them off from information about what else is going on. Right. And the document it specifically says, "Don't worry about, don't worry your pretty little head about what's what else is going on. Here's your assignment: go attack this person with the following propaganda on this social media network, and when you do that, report back to whoever it is you're supposed to report back to." And, and, and a network and, and a network structure, so it's distributed. You can cut off. You right. know, each one of those might be disturbed at any point, but it doesn't actually uh, bring down the entire network, which is exactly what ISIS did. They were able to continue right. because they had all these networks of individual organizations or groupings that that could take as individual acts. So we're looking at something that was organized, even though it was doing legal stuff. They were just sharing information, but it was organized around a cell, around a cell structure or an ISIS kind of terrorist networks structure. Yeah. What they're doing is legal, but it shouldn't be in my opinion, because what they're doing is psychologically traumatizing people. What they're talking about in that document is going to attack, to gang stalk them, to target them. Yeah. To target them. That's what, that's what this, this whole thing was. And, and all of these, 
these white supremacist polls back then and the microchips and sticky and all these guys uh, you know the two guys who ostensibly started you they all acted this way they all targeted people they all specifically were there to be weaponized and in my opinion that shouldn't be okay right the basic problem with all of this stuff is that we have this online world that that emotionally and psychologically is just as real as the outside world right if you're in a grocery store and 50 people come and start calling you all kinds of racist shit you call the cops right right online right. what do you do right complain to your twitter uh, you, standard groups or whatever and you, yeah. you do at twitter like yeah. when the hell has that ever done anything yeah it, the problem is we have these communities that are that create these vulnerabilities in in the humans there but we have zero rules on how to how we have to conduct ourselves in the process and, and we don't have a counteroffensive. I mean, there's nothing at the moment. I mean, these guys get paid, I don't know how much money they get paid to do what they do. And they've created an influencer network and structure, which I'm sure makes a lot of these people fairly wealthy. At least they're able to sustain themselves. The, there is no counteroffensive. I mean, people think that this, we do what I, what we do in a narrative, which is a completely like volunteer operation and basically, you know, can't pay for itself. And you've got, um, it's completely different for these guys. They've got foreign money coming in they've got money from the Koch brothers coming in they've got peter thiel's money coming in it's not the same setup so they've got such control over their network of digital soldiers and there is no network of digital soldiers on the left hand side there's some independent guys like me and others but there's not a lot of uh, structure to it there isn't any structure to it frankly so uh, maybe that's a good thing we need that sort of independence and we need it to be a real democracy in that way but it's no one's playing by fair rules here because they have tons of money and tons of ability to manipulate the system where we of course don't and they also are amoral mm -hmm. again right. which gives you a huge advantage in this battlefield right because if you don't have any morals and it's not illegal then you will do anything that you can do legally and as you said you're quite right as far as i know none of this stuff is illegal right um but it did immense harm to real human beings and Absolutely. and so, so in terms of the things that we need to do we got to change some damn laws but before we can even get to any of that stuff we've got to arrest five specific white men mm. <laughs> and a whole bunch of these other lieutenants who went along. it's a good place maybe for us to try and leave it as although i will talk to you forever if i could uh there is <laughs> there's a there's a real there's a problem that we're facing in terms of not, not, not people not being arrested for this and not being indicted for it i do think that we need to be taking this idea of what is legal and what isn't legal in the social media space a lot more seriously i mean it, it's it is the real world now there's certainly lives are made online you can lose your reputation online you can make a ton of money you could lose a ton of money you could we've discussed today people losing their family people <laughs> speaking, um, of, speaking of losing money look at yeah. crypto today which is a whole other can of worms have, yeah what would have happened today was, I have, uh bitcoin went below 30 and everyone's freaking out and yeah of course it's a pump and dump yeah, of course, and of course, and, and the power thing is should be no surprise to everybody. I'm just surprised that China it's did something about it. Chairs, guys. Yeah, exactly. Please exactly. stop. Yeah, guess who's going to get the chair? Yeah. Guess not you. Not you. <laughs> None of you out there. See, you guys, you're not going to be in the chair. So, I take it you don't have any Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. 
no, I don't no, have any Bitcoin. Not at this point. No. <laughs> I wouldn't throw my money away like that. But there is that's the danger of this kind of world that we're living in. And none of it is getting regulated. None of it really yeah. has an independent board. And so you're looking at you're looking at Facebook allowing Donald Trump back on. No, Donald Trump should not be allowed back onto Facebook. No, he stole an election. He cheated in the election. He's, he he broke every election right before rule before the 2004 campaign, like yeah. in 2022. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? You're it's gonna just, we're gonna do this again. You're gonna do this again, and they don't care. <laughs> and and so you, uh, I don't know how to raise the alarm any more than I'm raising it. But I just feel like what is being done right now isn't actually sufficient. And yes, we all are. We're very thrilled that Joe Biden is the president and not Donald Trump. That's great. But we need to see fundamental action to support and, and defend and our democracy. Defend. Right. Right. With, when you've got a GOP who's not voting for the HR1 bill, just to circle back to where we were at the beginning of the show, that they're not friends of democracy. They should be out they of the really system. Are. We should just ignore them because they're not here to help. They're here to just break the whole thing down, yeah. which is clearly their goal. I don't know yeah. why, but that's what they seem to be doing. Yeah. Um, Joe Biden, if you're listening, stop with this bar- bipartisan kabuki bullshit. Cut it out. <laughs> Maybe he does. Just, Maybe he just, does. I hope so. <laughs> just end the, end the filibuster and get it done. I just, it's so, it's really important. I worry that just maybe the whole system is just so poisoned that it, maybe both that's sides. Want, that's, yeah. what you, that's what they want you to think, though. Yeah, yeah you know, true. I'm, Good point. I'm still point. a fan of America. Oh, it's, I am definitely a fan of America. I know, I know, I know you are. I don't yeah. mean that. I just yeah. mean, like, I'm not giving up on it yet. No, I think that it'll win at the end. I think we just need to make sure that everyone's everyone's focused on the right things and everyone's putting as much pressure on their leadership as as is necessary to get the right things done. This is an urgent situation, and that's it's not hyperbole. And I, I was saying some some of the stuff in 2016 and saying it wasn't hyperbole. I think we're in a more serious threat today than we were in 2016. We have a short window between now and the next election to do some stuff. We have to do some stuff urgently because if we don't do it, we're going to be we're not going to exist as a democracy and frankly america as non as a non-democracy isn't really worth the price of admission so we have to hold on to this for dear life and i hope everyone continues to fight for it at home with by calling your senators demanding that they pass hr1 if they if they ever get to be voted again or debated again but certainly to defend the democracy in every way that they can jim it's been terrific what an interesting hour and a bit we've spent together i'm sure we'll have some more time together everyone should follow you where do they find you on on twitter uh, just my name at Jim Stewartson. Okay. And it's a really great feed. You'll find out tons of interesting information well ahead of everybody else. Uh, and Jim's doing a great job of, uh, of keeping everyone up to date on what's happening with QAnon. That's our show for tonight. We'll be back on Friday with the after show. I'll be back and uh, Greg Oliar will be here. We'll talk about all sorts of things, including a new series, which uh, launches on Monday called The World Beneath, which is available now on Apple. Thanks, everyone. Have a great night. and see you again on Friday. Good night, Jim. Thank you, Zach.